Welcome to the School of Sellers podcast, a teacher business show that is short on time, but big on action. Full-time, part-time, or just getting started? No matter where you are in your teacher-seller journey, there's something here for everyone. Making your online teacher business feel doable every step of the way. Here's your host, Erin Waters. Hello there, my seller friends. Welcome to another episode of the School of Sellers podcast. Today's episode marks another one in our series of sellers around the world. And today's seller, who was an absolute joy to sit down and talk with, hails from Canada. So without further ado, I would like to welcome the creative mind behind the TPT store, Brain Ninjas. For our next international seller guest episode, I would like to welcome one half of the Brain Ninjas team. We have a ninja seller here with us today. Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to be on the show and tell us what life is like as an international seller. So first to start out, why don't you tell us where you are located? So we're in Northern Alberta. So that is North of Montana for anyone who's not quite sure where Alberta is in in Canada. And we're near the Edmonton area, which is the capital city region. Awesome. And so you are here to tell us mostly about what it's like to be an international seller, specifically a Canadian seller, because I think you guys definitely have some unique challenges and scenarios that not all international sellers have. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But can you just give me a little bit of background about just your TPT life and how it all came to be and what you are doing today? So I met my co-ninja way back in, I think it was 2010, 2011. We got paired up to teach, which maybe our principal is regretting now, (laughs) and we shared a classroom. So we mainly teach grade four and five, but between teaching music, reading intervention, helping in the library, teaching French, the two of us shared a classroom. And then, so we had a homeroom and then we would each teach all these individual subjects. And then we were also the assistive technologies team in our school helping students with special needs integrated into regular classrooms and then using technology to overcome those learning barriers that get in the way of being in a regular classroom. So one day in May of about 2014, we were sitting on the floor of our closet in our classroom, eating a bag of chocolate covered almonds, dreaming about quitting. (laughs) And we said, oh, we should just start a TPT store. We can make millions and you know, we can just leave the classroom. And so that night I went home and literally just opened our store I sent the product to my co-ninja and said, we're open. Here's our store. Here's our product. And she said, yeah, okay. And then the next day we sold that product. And I'm really sorry to the person who spent a dollar three. If I find you, you get your money back. And that product is still a bestseller. It now has a cover and it's not a Word document. So we, in about 2016, we realized, well, maybe we should probably take this a little more seriously and, you know, learned about things like covers and previews. And now, eight years later, we haven't run out of things to make. Just chocolate-covered almonds. We can't eat them anymore. <laughs> so we're still still going strong. That's amazing. So I feel like the um, co-selling aspect is like a whole other thing. I would love to have an episode about that one day down the road because I know you guys aren't alone in your co-selling. There are some stores that have a pair you know, running the store. So that'd be a fun little series to do too. I'm sure that has its own host of benefits and challenges. So yeah, it's cool. 
we get asked about it a lot. We really never sit down and say who's going to do what. I think it comes from years of teaching in the same room. Our students used to just call us by each other's names interchangeably. I think it's just part of like really working and in sync. And there was a time, I mean, we both showed up one day for a social studies lesson, hadn't talked to each other about the lesson other than the topic with the exact same social studies lesson. So <laughs> it's very much just a synergy that we have. So yeah, I imagine it would take a very special connection and the perfect person to make that Best work, friend. which, which obviously <laughs> you guys, right, exactly. Which you yeah. obviously have done since you are still going strong this many yeah. years later. So that is so cool. Well, I would love to hear about what it's like to be an international seller And it might be something that I know there are a couple challenges we talked about that are specifically for Canadian sellers. So whatever you feel like sharing today, what do you feel like is one of the drawbacks of being international seller? Reviews, which I think a lot of sellers in general can attest to. We try really hard to make sure our resources look Canadian, sound Canadian. They have Canadian symbols on them. But every once in a while, someone buys it and then is disturbed by the fact that there's, you know, the wrong measurements or the wrong spellings. And one of the worst ones was we got a review for one out of one star. I think it was out of four at the time and said that we had spelled the word neighborhood wrong because it had a U in it and her class caught the mistake. But her quote on the, on the feedback was clearly English isn't your first language. It's okay. TPT removed that because (laughs) I guess they considered it hate, but it was just sort of, it's kind of par for the course when you're a Canadian seller that you're going to get reviews. And we used to try to create products that had both spellings, Mm -hmm. but it didn't seem to matter. People still use the wrong page. And (laughs) so, yeah, so we just don't bother, but that is one of the biggest challenges is trying to inform our buyers who should or shouldn't be buying it. Yeah. See, and that's something that would never even occur to me in terms of like creating. And I think that's good that you guys aren't doing both versions anymore. That's like, that's double the work. Canadian teachers are very used to using U.S. resources. We get news, television, songs, everything comes from the U.S. that we see in Canada. Mm -hmm. So we're really interchangeable. We can flip back and forth quite easily, but I don't think the reverse is true. (laughs) No, I think the U.S. is very um, egocentric when it comes to, you know, what we're used to. And I could see that being frustrating. And isn't it ironic that I swear teachers are sometimes the worst rule followers and direction readers? Like you can spell it out as plain as day and they still, there will still be some that miss it. Yeah. How frustrating. So kind of like going off of the same idea, what do you think is something that's a challenge that most people don't realize for being an international seller? So I, I know this is a Canadian teacher problem. So when we were as teachers on TPT way back at the beginning, They used to have this lovely little map and you could actually click on, you know, a province or a territory and you could find products that were made by sellers in those regions. And that disappeared. I'm not hundred percent sure, but around 2016, Mm -hmm. but that feature was so important to us as buyers. So there's no filter anywhere. If you're a Canadian teacher, there's no filter to go in and say, I only want Canadian products. If you type Canada in the title, you get products about Canada rather than products for Canada. And Canadian teachers do not use any of the educational standards that are listed on TPT. Every province or territory in Canada has its own set of outcomes that it uses. They're often not numbered in the same way either. So there's no real standard system for across Canada, but Canadian teachers search by topic. So if they're looking for long multiplication two-digit, that is what they're searching. And the problem is, is that we write our numbers differently. We use different measurements. 
So we don't use commas in our large numbers. That's a big See, thing. I never knew this is new, brand new information to me. <laughs> yeah. We use something called SI notation, which is standard international notation. So no commas. And I've gotten feedback about my commas were all missing, even though it says very clearly, this is how the numbers are presented. So that is a huge problem as a buyer. And as a seller, it's frustrating because I know my buyers have trouble finding what they need. Right. So. Have, and I, I imagine you all have asked TPT and made requests. I ask Joe features. every time I see him. <laughs> and I, mean, I ask Amy every time I see her. And I, yeah, I've spoken with many a design and engineer at all of the TPT events, just mentioning, yeah. hello, that would be great. I wonder, I mean, would it be even be helpful to have us where they could filter by province or do you think it would just be... Even if I could get it down to Canada, that'd be great. But yes, it would be wonderful if I could do it by province. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if anyone in the US knows this, but Canadian sellers know this and so do all the international. When we make a product listing, there's a little box we have to check that says it's appropriate for Canada, but yet that box does nothing. So really? Yeah. Oh, that is so strange. Yeah. So we're not really sure why we check the box, but we check it every time. But <laughs> just in case. Just in case one day there's a magic filter. So. Oh my gosh. I, I That's something that doesn't seem like it should be that complicated to add, you know? Yeah. I'm not an engineer, so I don't know, but, but I, don't I can know. think of some sellers that would really appreciate it. So. I am sure. Well, and teachers, I mean, just in for their ease of search would be amazing. Okay, TPT sellers, quick note for all of my friends out there who love to geek out over their TPT business with other sellers. I would love to personally invite you to join School of Sellers Ignite, a work club that is open to any and all TPT sellers. Ignite is the first membership of its kind designed to not only deliver monthly challenges with prizes, but also provide space and resources to work alongside other sellers. One of our main goals is to give you the community and accountability that's missing from your business life. We will have power hour work sessions, prizes for challenges, and so much more. Join today at schoolofsellers.com slash ignite. So have you found that, I know you've kind of already spoken to this, that like being a Canadian seller definitely influences the kinds of products you make and you still market pretty much to Canadian teachers, correct? Yes. So when I first started, so my Koninja speaks French and Spanish. I have a music background. When we first started, we were like, oh, we can sell everything to everyone. It's going to be amazing. And we realized really soon that that was not a good plan. We're still weeding some of those old resources out of our store Mm -hmm. because when we started selling the things that we were looking for and that we needed in our classroom, they just took off. And if we were looking for them, then our buyers were also looking for them. So we started creating the really hard to find things. And that's when our store really took off. If an international seller is considering starting, start with what you know, start with the outcomes of where you teach, what you teach how you teach. Canadian teachers teach very differently too. I can't speak to how the US teaches, but Canadian teachers basically have complete autonomy in how they teach. The government decides what you teach and teachers can just teach it how, when, whatever tools or resources they need. So having that autonomy is great. It's also a little scary when you don't know where to start. So that's why we tried to create things that you're a brand new teacher, you're an experienced teacher. If you're teaching in Alberta, it'll work. That's amazing. Well, and it's just a testament to the idea of choosing a niche and really honing in on it and also making, you know, what you're already making for your own classroom, of course. But I think sometimes when 
people choose a focus like that, it feels limiting, but really the opposite is true. Once you find exactly the people that you are making your products for, it's like a whole other world opens up. Yeah. And if you establish yourself as a niche. When we first started, we really didn't know about niches. They they weren't a thing. We didn't even know about the sellers forum, to be honest. (laughs) So once we started learning about like, what do our people need? Where are our people? And really talking to them, we finally got an email list going. That's when we really started to, people were asking, hey, you've already done this unit. Are you going to do this unit? We need this for this grade. And we know it's working. So we just got a recent cancellation on our email subscription that was too Canadian. So we're like, okay, it's working. We're yeah, right. <laughs> our niche is clearly defined. We know who we're looking for. So oh it makes it gosh. a lot easier to just say, you know, we're working through this grade level in this content area. And you just have a, it's a complete business plan just laid out for you of right. what to do. Well, and how great that you're getting the validation of people returning for more and counting on you guys to help them through the year, basically. Yeah. We keep all those lovely little comments in our smile file. So I love it. The smile file. So did you go to Cindy Martin's presentation at the conference where she talked about the smile file? I did. Didn't realize it was the same name. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's so many variations. (laughs) Yeah. I just, the smile file always reminds me of her presentation, but I love that idea of keeping stuff that all the positive feedback. So when you are having your terrible days, you remember that people actually love what you do. Yeah. Nice feeling. I want to end this on a really positive note. So I want to know what your favorite thing about living in Canada is. Well, it's kind of funny because when I was thinking about this, it actually isn't about being in Canada. So we've, I love to travel. I really miss not being able to travel right now with the pandemic, but I was standing in a line to use the washroom in Würzburg, Germany, and struck up a conversation with a woman between French and English managed to have a conversation. (laughs) And she invited us to a party with beer and pretzels. And I went. It was amazing. And the only reason she invited me, because we were Canadian, that, that was it. And <laughs> when I was in Australia, um, we met a lovely couple on a train. And it was right as the pandemic was really picking up and all of our travel plans were kind of thrown up in the air. We weren't sure what we were going to do. They invited us to come and stay at their guest house in Sydney, Australia, for as long as we needed. So wow. when you're Canadian, you get kind of awarded these privileges of <laughs> just everyone assumes you're wonderful and you're nice. And, you know, so that's really good. But if I had to pick a second, I'd say it's butter tarts. That's, okay. that's my favorite thing in Canada. I've never had a butter tart before. Oh, you are missing out. I will make you a butter tart. What is it like? Like, can you explain it? Oh, it is just brown sugar and butter in a tart shell. Like that's, okay. and you can, Canadians are divided on what else should be in there. Some people put raisins, some people put walnuts or pecans, but okay. it's just basically sugar in a shell. Like, Yum. that sounds yeah. really good. <laughs> yeah. It's a Christmas favorite here. So. Okay. We made something similar. They call it Christmas crack. I hate that name. We didn't call it that, but it's like you make like homemade kind of toffee on the bottom, brown sugar and butter toffee, but it's the same taste. Okay. That I love it. The the filling's very soft. Got it. But the taste, see, that's the the part I like though. The taste of that type of, I might make a trip to Canada just for, just for one of those. Anytime. I'll make you tarts. (laughs) It's fine. I love it. Gosh, wouldn't that be fun if they did a little conference or some sort of, do they do, they do meetups in Canada sometimes, right? Yeah, there have been meetups. Uh, They've been in Toronto, which is a four day drive from Mm. where I live or a six hour flight. So they're not exactly what I would call convenient for everyone to attend, but we do 
the Canadian seller group is fairly small. We meet sometimes on Zoom calls or you run into, as soon as you run into another Canadian, it's right away, where are you from? What do you sell? And, yeah. you know, there's sort of a club like of That's cool. Canadian sellers. The conferences, there's always an international lunch right. that Canadians get invited to. And there's usually, you know, 20 to 30 people. And there'll be maybe 10 people from other countries and then everyone else is Canadian. Okay. So you get to know each other year after year. Yeah. I, re- I remember the international. You guys get some good stuff. I had to wander into one on accident one time to get my computer charger. I was spying on your delicious food. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> yeah. they do that though. I think there are people that come from so far to the conferences. Oh, I've met sellers from Australia, Singapore, Malaysia, Czech Republic, Ireland, New Zealand. I remember. New- yeah. England, Japan, Germany, everywhere. Yeah. Oh, lots and lots of like, I'll say South American um, countries like Mm -hmm. Peru, Brazil, but they all spoke Spanish and my Spanish is not good (laughs) in Northern Canada. So, yeah, I can imagine that's, yeah. Well, you know, that's really cool though, that you get the chance to cross paths with other possible Canadian sellers during that lunch too. I love to ask my just for fun questions at the end. So let's see, do you collect anything? I do collect a few things, but Canadian stamps is one of the things I collect. How Canadian of me. (laughs) My uncle was a mail carrier with Canada Post for like 45 years. And he used to buy us the little specialty stamp collections. So that's how I got started. And then, but their Canadian stamps are really interesting. My minor in university was Canadian history Mm -hmm. and the stamps tell a lot of the history. There's some missing, but a lot of the history. So. They're really interesting to read about. Do you keep them in like a book? Yeah, there's a book. I don't hinge them or anything. Stamp (laughs) collectors will know what that's about. But yeah, I do. And I I collect mostly souvenir sheets and booklets. So any stamp collectors, I'm totally nerding out. Anyway, they'll (laughs) know what that means. But yeah. Um, Strictly Canadian stamps or do you like branch out and get stamps from elsewhere too? No, just Canadian. Just Canadian. My husband used to collect world stamps, but as a kid, so he doesn't yeah. really do that, do it anymore. When I get interesting stamps, I keep them. It's just that they're yeah. not part of a collection so per se. That's so cool. So I love this question. If you could get rid of one month out of the year, which one would it be? And why would you get rid of it? November. I hate November. My family history has a lot of really tragic things that have happened in November. It's dark. It's dreary. It's dark by 4 p.m. here, and it doesn't get light till about 9 a.m. There's no holidays in Canada in November except Remembrance Day, which is a war memorial type observation. Right. And it's report cards. So it just sucks all the way around. <laughs> yeah, that's like a huge bummer of a month for you. It is not a good month. But then then December comes and you're used to the dark and the cold. And, and then there's lights for and winter holidays. holidays. When is Thanksgiving for you guys? Uh, second Monday in October. And it's usually the first long weekend of the school year. Okay. So everybody just hangs on for dear life till Thanksgiving. <laughs> But it's on a Monday, so there's not like a holiday week off or anything like that. You just get your long weekend. And then go back Tuesday? Go right back. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Okay. Last question. This is a fun one too. Let's say that you have unlimited money to build your dream house. What's something that you're definitely adding to the plans, even if it's like ridiculous? An Olympic size swimming pool. Yeah. I was also going to add a pool boy, but my husband says no. Um, that's <laughs> okay. The pool boy. He can be the pool boy. Yeah. And a parking space for my private jet. I was kind of thinking about a whole airport, but I don't want other people coming to use it. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so, yeah. Just, just my own parking space. Yeah. yeah. Just the place oh. to put it. You know, I can also, maybe my helicopter can go there too. So that I, I can still travel without having to worry about anything like airports and security and that. all that fun stuff. 
Yeah. Or just people in general. Yeah. I'm assuming your house would be in Canada, but would it be an indoor or outdoor pool? I guess that would, oh, it would be an indoor location. all year okay. round. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I With love a diving that. board and a water slide and yes. like a wave pool, like the whole bit. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Like a mini like water park essentially. Oh yeah. yeah. But in my house. So I can just like <laughs> you know, go straight down and use it. I love yeah. that. Well, I think that's a great note to end the episode on is dream dream house because that's why one of our reasons for doing tpt maybe one day maybe one day the dream house will be a thing (laughs) thank you so much for this this was such a nice chat and i just have really enjoyed getting to know about life as an international seller well thank you for having me 